Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, my friend. Hello. Hey, I just thought I'd start by serenading you with a little Neil Diamond today. How you doing, friend? Welcome back to the club. Super happy to have you here. I have some exciting news. I recently added food sensitivity testing to my nutrition practice, which means I can order and run these highly sensitive blood tests to help people identify foods that may be creating inflammation and contributing toward their health problems. This is a lot more common and problematic than you would think. And it has been fascinating because what often comes up is so surprising. I was shocked at the results of my test, like jaw dropped to the floor and want to cry a little bit. kind of shock. I would have never have guessed some of the foods that came back. And here's the deal. If your body regards certain foods as inflammatory, it sets off an inflammatory process in your body that can lead you to experiencing all kinds of symptoms like IBS or migraines or fibromyalgia, asthma, allergies, poor mental focus, arthritis, obesity, anxiety, eczema, exhaustion. The list goes on. I'm just exhausted talking about it. There's just so many things that these underlying food sensitivities could um, create. So much of the time, um, it's the reason for your pain and suffering. And up to this point, I've, when I've worked with clients um, and had the sense that there may be some underlying food sensitivities, I would recommend removing the most common inflammatory foods like gluten, soy, dairy. Um, And truly, the gold standard for knowing if something is affecting your body is to do an elimination diet. But unfortunately, the body can become sensitive to just about any food, um, like spinach. Hello, that's one that came back on me a healthy food and something I was eating a lot of. I had no idea that it was creating problems in my system. So that's where a highly sensitive test like the MRT comes in really handy. It helps us dial things in so we test and not guess. You may be wondering if you have a food sensitivity. And like I said, it is much more common than you think. Let me set this up for you a bit and explain what happens. So this test that I run um, is called an MRT, which stands for Mediator Release Test. Mediators are like your immune system's artillery, okay? It's like the weapon system. Your body releases these weapons, these different chemicals, when it feels attacked, when it feels like there's an invader. This is part of your immune system's job. So with these food sensitivities, your body sees a particular kind of food as an invader. 
your white blood cells release these chemicals, these weapons, um, and there's lots of different kinds, like a hundred. Um, maybe you've heard of some of the more commonly recognized mediators, like histamines or cytokines. Um, but it's the release of the mediators, these weapons, that trigger the inflammatory process and create the symptoms that you may be experiencing, like the migraines or fibromyalgia or asthma or um, you know, the skin condition, whatever it is. It can manifest in different ways in different people. So you could be eating something like onions that your body sees as an invader, releases the weapons and gives you a migraine. But I mean, who would have thought it was the onion? That's the tricky part. And that's the thing about food sensitivities. They're often not as straightforward as a true food allergy. A true food allergy is the kind that typically causes immediate symptoms like anaphylaxis or hives, breathing issues, swelling. Those are like the scary EpiPen type allergies that are most commonly associated with peanuts, shellfish, eggs, dairy, soy, stuff like that. Um, so the body is responding in a different way, um, and it's very scary, but it's more direct. With food sensitivities, the reaction is often delayed, and because it can manifest in so many different ways, it's harder to pinpoint who's going to connect a piece of cheese with a skin breakout that you have three days later. Who's going to know that chicken may trigger your exhaustion? That was a real thing, by the way. So... Your body is going to have different responses to food allergies, food sensitivities, and food intolerances. People will often use those terms interchangeably, but they're different things. A food intolerance is different from a food allergy and sensitivity because it doesn't involve the immune system. Food intolerances are associated with digestive issues. You know, common examples would be like lactose intolerance from dairy or fructose intolerance from fruit. It's usually a problem with digesting a particular component in the food, but it's not an immune system response. Food allergies and food sensitivities actually provoke an immune system reaction. And there's all these IG letters associated with them that have nothing to do with Instagram, but there's like IgE and IgA and IgG, and it can get confusing with all the IGs. But the important thing to know is that the true food allergy um, is more straightforward typically in their Ig immune response, and it's the food sensitivities that are more ambiguous and complicated to identify. And just so you know, the skin prick test is a very poor predictor of food issues, even though it's the one that's most commonly used to diagnose. It only has about a 40% predictive value rate, which is not super reliable. Um, it is the gold standard for inhalant allergens, but not really accurate for food problems. So that's where the MRT blood test comes in is so helpful with identifying food sensitivities because it has an accuracy rate above 90%. This is because it's measuring the end point of the mediator releases of all non-IgE sensitivity reactions. So that probably sounds like a lot of garbledy gook to you. I told you all these Ig things can get confusing, but for those of you that are familiar, that might make sense. 
regardless of which weapon is used, when we see the evidence of that inflammatory response, we know we've got an issue. So the MRT tests for a total of 170 of the most common foods and chemicals. Yeah, it's got some chemical testing on there too, which also distinguishes it from other food sensitivity tests. So that's kind of cool. So when you take the MRT, you get a lab kit in the mail. You take it to a local lab to draw your blood. They send it off and the results come back about a week later. And what it will show are foods that you are highly reactive to and foods that you are moderately reactive to. So when we see foods that you're highly reactive to in this red category, we have to pull those out for six months. With foods in the yellow category or the moderately reactive zone, we pull those out for three months. So let me tell you what came back on my test, just to give you an example. In my red zone, in my highly reactive zone, I had wheat, tomatoes, and dairy. Now, I don't even eat wheat. And I will say, this is not the right kind of test to um, diagnose celiac disease or a full gluten sensitivity. Um, I've had some people's tests come back that don't show wheat in the yellow or red zones, but it's still not a food I'm going to recommend to people, especially if you have any kind of health trouble whatsoever. So I avoid wheat anyway. That's not a big deal to me, but the tomatoes were surprising. And the thing is you have to take into account all foods made with these, um, something like tomatoes that came back reactive for me. So we're talking like salsa, which is sad. Uh, marinara, ketchup, and you know, any tomato-based product is off the table for me for six months. And then the dairy. Oh, y'all, I'm so sad about cheese. <laughs> Honestly, I've known that I've needed to do a full dairy elimination, but I just haven't because, I mean, cheese is everything. The good news is, though, that goat dairy came back okay, so I can still have some goat cheese. Hallelujah for that. Okay, so those were my highly reactive foods. But here is where things got surprising and shocking and sad. <laughs> I had a lot of things come back moderately reactive in the yellow zone. Okay, um, these are the things I'm going to have to pull out for three months. And they include chickpeas. So, you know, no hummus, no bonza chickpea pasta. Peanuts, so goodbye peanut butter, pistachios, soy, blueberries, apples, dates, goodbye Lara bars, um, carrots, spinach, mushrooms, butternut squash, pumpkin, corn, goodbye to my tortilla chips, cane sugar, shrimp, basil, I'm extremely sad about my pesto, and finally, the worst for me, beef. Beef, y'all. You do remember that I'm married to a cattle rancher, right? I'm like, ay, 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 how am I going to tell my husband? Oh, my goodness. So, <laughs> I mean, we eat a ton of beef. That is going to be tough. When I got these results back, I kind of felt like the wind had been knocked out of me. I mean... All of those incredibly healthy foods, spinach, blueberries, carrots, I never in a million years would have guessed that those beautiful real foods were triggering my system and creating inflammation. So 
you might be thinking, now, how in the world did that happen? I mean, you'd think I'd have all this stuff kind of locked down pretty well, right? So it's a good question. Even though I was shocked and sad when I saw my results, I knew immediately that something was off in my gut, that this likely indicated leaky gut, because that's quite often where these food sensitivities start. I didn't know exactly what my gut problem was, but I knew that if I didn't work on it, I wouldn't get rid of my food sensitivities. And not only that, there would be a much higher chance of me creating more food sensitivities. So basically what happens with the leaky gut is that the lining of your small intestine becomes too permeable. It allows things to get through that it shouldn't. And that's why we call it leaky. When this is the case, these molecules of food can leak through into your blood and this sets off all these alarm bells and sirens and lights and all the things are going off in your immune system. And that's when the big guns come out, those weapons I was talking about earlier. Your immune system sees the food as an invader, releases the weapons every time it shows up. And that's when you feel the fatigue, the migraines, the joint pain, the lack of focus, the irritable bowels, the anxiety, etc. And what you'll often see happening is that the foods you eat the most can become the ones you are sensitive to which stinks, but kind of makes sense, right? The more you eat something, the higher chance it has of leaking into the system. And so people will find that their favorite foods like, hello, beef and cheese and basil are what come back on the food sensitivity panel. So once I got these food sensitivity results back, I couldn't wait to see what my GI, my GI MAP test said. That's the other test that I run in conjunction with the food sensitivity test. So we can see what's going on in the gut and why this happened. So the GI MAP is a stool test that uses highly advanced DNA and something called quantitative PCR techniques um, to assess the status of your gut. And that's exactly the information I needed to know why these food sensitivities were being allowed to happen. So the GI map tests for pathogens like bacteria and parasites and viruses. It measures bacterial balances. So um, do you remember the podcast I did with probiotic expert Tina Anderson? Because we talked a lot about how your gut is like a garden. Do you remember that? There's all kind of things growing in the garden. Um, you know, good bacteria, bad bacteria. Um, and you, you know, you think of that good bacteria, the good things as like the flowers and the pretty plants. Um, but then there's weeds in the garden, right? Sometimes we have those bad bacteria in there, um, which is normal. Weeds happen, but we just don't want to have an overgrowth of weeds in the garden. When they take over, it's not pretty. And that's what the GI map can help us determine. Like what is going on in the garden? What is growing there that shouldn't be? What is taking over and dragging down your health? Uh, the GI map also tests um, for digestive function and it shows some immune markers. And all of these things can help us identify root cause problems. So this test will tell us why the gut is so out of whack and why the food sensitivities were um, created in the first place. So my GI map showed several things. The overgrowth of several opportunistic bacteria, those are the weeds taken over the garden, 
Um, I was also high in certain strains of normal bacteria, which sounds okay, like that would be good. But when we see that, that can mean there's just an imbalance there. Um, that if there are certain strains, even if they're good, um, being too proliferate, then it might be kind of overtaking some of the other good strains that we want to allow to grow in there. Um, so let's see, it also showed that I had an insufficiency of pancreatic enzymes, which is necessary to help break down food. That inability to break down food contributes to leaky gut and the inability to absorb nutrients. So that was a big one. Also on there, um, my SIGA number, um, that's an immune marker. And what it does is show us how robust your gut army is, okay, the, part of your immune system. We want to have a really nice, robust gut army um, that just tells us that, you know, we've got lots of good troops in there defending us. Our immune system's, you know, looking good. And so on this test, we want that number to be about 1,250, um, 1,250. Mine was 172. 172, y'all. My gut army is so sad. <laughs> They're depleted. I don't have very many troops in there to defend me. And so this all starts to make sense now because one thing that drags down the immune system is the overgrowth of wrong bacteria and nutrient deficiency if you're not breaking down your food and food sensitivity. So it just becomes this whole big vicious cycle. And there are so many things coming at us every day that affect our gut gardens. Um, again, back to that uh, podcast I did with Tina Anderson, when we were talking about probiotics, we talked a lot about all the things that can really affect our guts, like antibiotics, sugar, pesticides, stress, processed foods. Um, so many of us have imbalances that we don't even realize because of all of these things coming at us every single day. In my case, I think there were a few things at play. Um, I had to go on a round of antibiotics about a year ago for a UTI. It was the first one I'd ever had. Um, and believe me, I resisted going on an antibiotic for like two weeks. I fought it off. <laughs> I tried other things, but um, it was not working. So ultimately, I had to go on the antibiotic. Um, sometimes you just cannot avoid those. And you know what? I was really grateful that I had that option because that is no fun, a UTI. Um, another thing is that I've been more stressed over the last year. Things are getting, you know, busier and busier with my nutrition work. It's, you know, it's been good. It's been good stress. Um, you know, and the kids are just getting busier with all of their activities. And so things are great. It's just, you know, getting um, a handle on time management and stuff like that. Um, and so I've felt a little bit more stressed. And I've felt that affect me, especially in the way I digest my food. I just haven't been digesting as well. And that's the starting point for a leaky gut. Remember that in order to digest food well, you have to be what's called in a parasympathetic state, which basically means relaxed. You've got to be seated. You've got to be relaxed. You cannot be on the go and moving around. Um, because if you are, your body is not going to release all of these enzymes and stomach acid, all these gastric juices that you need to break down food. Um, and so my GI map showed I am not releasing sufficient enzymes to do this. And that is a major problem. So I'm really working on um, being more relaxed when I eat and um, supplementing with some of these enzymes and such. You know, another interesting thing that came back um, elevated on my GI map was something called B-glucuronidase, 
which can indicate that I'm not clearing toxins and hormones well out of my system. That's a marker that is associated with phase two detoxification of the liver. And I was like, oh, I had a light bulb moment because this could be part of the reason I'm getting hormonal headaches and painful symptoms during certain times of my lady business. So that was a little clue there. So many interesting things to this, y'all. I'm not going to lie. When I got all of these test results back, I was a little overwhelmed. You know, I was like, I have to give up beef and basil and blueberries and cheese for three months and salsa for six months and no tomato pie this summer. I had to sit with all this for like a week and let it really sink in. And I had to put on what I call my God goals, my G-O-D G-G-L-E-S. I put those on when I need to get a little perspective. So first of all, I knew that God would help me through this. And you know what came to mind that's interesting? I recently gave up wine during Lent. Um, and I don't know if any of you have read my blog post that's called Confessions of a Mom Who Shards Too Hard, because I love Chardonnay. Um, and I felt God calling me to give that up for Lent, which I did, which was a great experience. Um, I'm now back on the vino, just so you know. Thank you, Jesus, that grapes did not come back on my food panel. <laughs> but um, but that came to mind because giving up wine was hard for me. I am not going to lie. Um, well, the thought of it, actually. The thought of giving up wine for six weeks was hard. Again, you can read about my whole mind struggle with that in the blog post. Um, but once I did it and made that decision, it really wasn't that hard once I was in it because I, I truly felt God leading me through it. Like I felt like he asked me to do it. And I mean, how could I not? Hello. And so I did. And then it was like, he provided that way for me. And so once I did that, it really gave me the sense of confidence. You know, I, I did it. I'm, I went, some of you are probably like, this sounds so pathetic. <laughs> I understand. Um, but I love me some vino, love a glass of Chardonnay. Um, so I really, you know, I've missed it. Um, but it was hard to wrap my mind around doing that. But once I did, I really gained this sense of confidence that I did it. And so um, I'm kind of applying that confidence forward here. Like if I can do that, I can totally do this. You know, I know I can and I know God will um, give me strength to do it. I got to do it for my body. It also hit me that, you know, quite frankly, I was thinking like a spoiled brat here. I mean, there are people all over the world who don't even have food. There are people who eat the same thing virtually every day. They don't have a choice about what they're going to eat. And here I am worrying that I can't eat a handful of things for three to six months. I'm like, Chelsea, don't be ridiculous. So, I mean, if I look at my food panel of what didn't come back as inflammatory, it's a lot. There are plenty of foods for me to choose from. It's really a glass half full kind of view we have to take on this. Or even better, a cup overflowing view. And that's what my God goals help me do is to see that. So I know I've got this. I've already started my protocol, which includes removing the foods um, for the designated time, either six months or three months. And then being on a specific supplement protocol that helps me digest food better, heals up my leaky gut, eradicates the weeds in my garden, and restores a good bacterial balance um, in my system. So I'm working on that for the next three months, and it feels good to be proactive about my health. 
Um, my plan is to run these two tests, the MRT and the GI map on all of the members of my family. But I'm gonna kind of do that, do them one at a time for a few reasons. Um, it is a bit of an investment to, to run both the tests, so worth it. But um, what I know is gonna happen is that each person's gonna have their own little set of issues and their own little set of food things that come back. And I, I just know it would be so overwhelming to try to deal with all of those at once. And so we're just gonna take it one person at a time. Um, and just get each person through it. But I think the information is incredibly valuable. I do run these on clients. And so if you're interested, if you're trying to unravel some health issues, oh my gosh, these can be so helpful to know how to support the body. If I was a good billionaire, I would just, you know, run these tests on everybody <laughs> at my own expense. I just, I think they're that valuable for really giving us some insight into some root cause issues. Um, but you can find more information about, you know, this test on my website at thechristiannutritionist.com. Um, but today I just, I wanted to mostly make you aware that food sensitivities are a thing. Uh, they can be an issue. They're much more common than you would think. Um, but there are underlying reasons that we have them. There are things that we can do about them. And remember that when we're talking about taking these foods out, it's temporary. Um, it's not for forever. It's just a matter of taking them out so we stop inflaming the system, help support the system um, to um, to get better, and then you can bring them back in. We, we test them, we bring them back in to see how the body responds. And I'm just so excited that we have tools like these. You know, I'm honored that God led me to this profession. Um, and I'm just so grateful that we have such a beautiful provision of real food the way God made it. And just remembering that, um, you know, there's an abundant supply of food. And he is the God of abundance and not lack. And so I think I will leave you on that beautiful note. I have that. I hope that all of you have a gloriously abundant week. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.